Welcome to The Extra, the show that connects you with the issues, topics, and people that are important to you. And one of the topics we do focus on quite frequently right here on The Extra here on KRDM News Radio is health, and specifically mental health. And uh, for quite some time, the third Monday of January has been considered, uh, well, it's got the title of Blue Monday. And the reasons, uh, whether it was uh, some sort of publicity stunt or whether it was actually calculated this way by scientists, may be a little bit up in the air. But the reason why the third Monday of January uh, gets that title every year is because of the combination of post-Christmas blues, cold, dark nights, the arrival of unpaid credit card bills, all of that kind of combining to really uh, bring down the mood. Uh, of people, and whether it's this day or any other day, focusing on improving mental health is something that we can all get behind. So today, I'd like to welcome to the extra our guest today, Peggy Sullivan, who's an expert in the art and science of happiness and looking into how busyness unfortunately negatively contributes to our lack of happiness. Peggy, welcome to the extra. Thank you. And we'll be getting nice to be here. We'll be getting to you in just a second, Peggy, with some questions. But I'd like to start off with Rick Burt, who's president and CEO of SAD. And Rick, first of all, welcome to the show. Hey, great to be with you. Thanks so much for having me. Well, let's have you describe what SAD is. And when I'm saying SAD, it's the acronym S A D D. So, what does SAD stand for? Absolutely. Many of our listeners might remember Students Against Drunk Driving. It's the same organization that's been around for over four decades, working to empower teens, engage parents, mobilize communities, and change lives around the living risks and pressures that young people face. Uh, we changed the name at the request of our students to be Students Against Destructive Decisions because even though impaired driving is still a critical issue, one that we talk about quite often, there's so many other risks and pressures that young people face, including the topics of mental health. So we have about uh, 9,000 chapters in middle schools, high schools, and colleges around the country. They're working every day to provide peer-to-peer resources and support for teens and parents to keep everyone safe. Mm. And and I'm thinking about this particular time of the season. You know, students have been off on their winter breaks and yeah. uh, right around uh, the, this third Monday in January, they're coming back. And uh, even though I think the start of the school year, September, I always felt very optimistic, you know, going back to school at that first part of September. I think it's different when you're talking about this mid-year point and that can kind of coincide with this blue Monday. Uh, do you think... Uh, is that the experience you hear mentioned by the students? Yeah, I think we've had it. We've arrived at a perfect storm of issues. Uh, a new report from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention shares with us that today, one in four high school students is struggling with a diagnosable mental health condition. I think that's a, a still a side effect from the prolonged COVID nineteen pandemic and the issues of of loss of social and emotional learning that we've seen in our students. Certainly, seasonal depression. Uh, is a factor as well that the, the days are uh, short, the days are cold for most of our country. Uh, there are still those traditional pressures that young people are facing, including trying to fit in, to overcome peer pressure, to to resist that that temptation to use substances. So I think it's a it's a compounding of factors uh, that also include uh, there's there's new research that's shown that 
uh, the increase of screen time that young people are seeing, not only as a result of COVID-19, but just the digital age in which we're living, uh, there certainly is a correlation between uh, the deterioration of mental health uh, and screen time as well. So I think it's a, a wide variety of factors, but certainly this Blue Monday, it's a great opportunity to highlight the free resources that we have on our website, our mental health toolkit, which provides talking points and, and access to resources, all free of charge for parents and students who want to understand how to assess mental health, how to access resources at the local level, and how to be a good ally to maybe a friend or family member who might be in crisis uh, or might be struggling this season. How do uh, families, uh, I think, uh, and and students, how do you differentiate between uh, natural, you know, normal high school anxiety or, you know, teenage yeah. anxiety, even in college, and 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 something that it, it really needs some intervention? Absolutely. I, what we talk about, or are when those issues begin to affect your daily life, when you feel that you can't go to school, when you're seeing uh, maybe changes in. Uh, long-term attitude, changes in eating, changes in sleep schedules, uh, anything that's impacting the ability of a student to, to, you know, go about their daily life and be successful in what they're doing. Those are all those warning signs of when you want to talk to a mental health care provider, you want to talk to your family doctor, you want to know that the new National Mental Health Line 988 is a free resource that can be called at any point. They can connect you free of charge to a uh, a, a resource center that can get you connected to local resources, yeah, that can provide uh, in, in a moment of crisis or, or help just assess the situation. So we like to say that it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay not to get the help that you need, especially in this era where there are so many resources available and so many opportunities to remove the stigma around mental health and normalize these conversations just like we would talk about our physical health. Right. And and you cannot uh, make generalizations because it can just right. as easily be the pretty popular teen uh, who is masking uh, some of these mental health struggles that can be really in crisis, uh, that can, you know, even turn to self-harm or suicide. It can be just as easily those as a, a teen who maybe is feeling excluded or isolated. I mean, you cannot make generalizations because uh, doing so uh, really uh, is, is a harm to the entire community. That's right. That's right. We like to say that all teams face challenges in mental health, just like we would talk about uh, physical health with all students, uh, making sure you're getting enough sleep, eating right, exercise, all those kinds of factors. The same, the same logic and the same approach applies to mental health, certainly talking about resiliency skills, coping mechanisms, how to handle anxiety. Uh, I don't know about you, but I, you know, certainly I think We've all seen an, an uptick in our anxiety and how we process the world. Uh, we've got, you know, certainly uh, an economic situation in our country. We've got uh, trouble abroad, and and, con- and the construct of uh, nuclear war has come back. And so uh, when you're scrolling through your social media as a 16-, 17-year-old and you're trying to process uh, the world around you and process how to be a teen, uh, it's tough. So talking about how to build up those factors that can protect and improve mental health, like I said, just as important as taking those steps to protect our physical health. 
Right. And Colorado is kind of because of our cold weather, because of our constant storms, uh, you know, Blue Monday and other times in the winter, we're not getting outdoors as much to, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, settle some of those mental health challenges that can be uh, not alleviated, but definitely eased. And you find peace in the outdoors. Uh, And I think summertime, you know, we don't really pay as much attention, but wintertime. Uh, It definitely is something that weighs on us. I want to continue our conversation. Rick Bird, our guest who is talking about the organization SAD, uh, is S-A-D-D, and you can find it online at sad.org. We're focusing on mental health and and keeping uh, that mental health uh, just forefront of our discussions as we focus this discussion. Uh, really, the the reason we're talking about it is because of the dubbing of January 16th as Blue Monday, but it's something that deserves discussion all year long. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Peggy Sullivan, an author and a self-directed, self-educated expert in the art and state of of happiness. She's the author of a book entitled Happiness is Your Responsibility. She's also invested in looking into the rise in busyness. And she's got a book that's on the way whose working title is Busy is a Four-Letter Word. We'll talk about that and how it intersects with Blue Monday. That's when the extra returns. We're back with our discussion, uh, focusing on uh, Blue Monday and and ways to uh, arm yourself with strategies uh, to kind of combat uh, feeling the blues. And of course, Blue Monday, January 16th, but uh, these are strategies that can be employed all year long. So uh, I'd like to change the discussion over to Peggy Sullivan, who's our second guest of the day. Peggy, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Tell us about yourself. Sure. Um, I've written several books, and my area of expertise is about the art and the science of happiness and the declining state of happiness our country is feeling right now, as well as the rise of busyness and how busyness destroys relationships. It um, kills mental and physical health, and I'm even so bold as to tell people for most of my life I've been addicted to busyness, so I know how um, consuming uh, busyness is, and as a matter of fact, three in every four people, and this is um, recent research, indicated that they want to be less busy, that their busyness is really stressing their human resources and their time, and that they are having feelings of burning out, that 74% of individuals are having feelings of burning out. And the other data piece that is really quite alarming is nearly 60% of the respondents are unhappy or just doing okay. So we have a lot of things going on. We certainly have had a world where there have been a lot of things that are out of our control, but my recommendations to everybody is control the things that you can. And your attitude is certainly um, something that you can control. And, And happiness is such a 
underrated emotion, happiness has superpowers. And if you can learn how to tap into um, igniting your happiness, and my my feeling is um, happiness is a muscle. And the more you flex it, the stronger it gets. And then that muscle memory takes over, and that really helps change everything. So I always tell people, you know, not just to think about the benefits of of happiness, which is we live longer, we have less chronic disease, um, we have more energy, our relationships are better, our quality of life, but also how how can you jumpstart your happiness? And I think one of the things that a lot of people don't know is that happiness actually originates in the brain. It has a biological function. So when we are happy, it ignites endorphins, which actually send signals to us telling us everything is good. I have more energy. And so happiness just has so many superpowers. And and people are like, "Well, well, how can I ignite my happiness and I love to tell people happiness is an inside job when I was much younger my mother was diagnosed with terminal cancer and also had um, a brain tumor and so she went through three years of really really challenging time she was depressed she didn't feel well she was in the hospital most of the time and towards the end of the her life. One day I went to visit her and she was smiling and she was happy and she looked at me and she said, I know the secret to life. And I'm like, mom, what is it? I love the fact that you're up and you feel good. And she says, I know the secret. The secret is happiness is an inside job. Every individual controls their own happiness. And she said to me, you know what? I only have a couple of days left in my life, but I'm going to spend them being happy because it sure beats the alternative. And to me, that was such a life-changing moment mm. um, and very, very important one. So much insight packed in there. There's a lot that I want to unpack in uh, some of the things you've uh, touched on, Peggy. We need to take another break here. Uh, When we come back, we're going to be talking more with Peggy Sullivan and Rick Burt, our focus today, uh, looking at Blue Monday maybe a little differently, maybe taking it as a chance to take the pulse of you and your loved ones on on how you're dealing with uh, mental health and, and finding that mental sweet spot. That and more when The Extra continues. We're back with The Extra and our guests today, Rick Burt, who's uh, representing SAD, the organization Students Against Destructive Decisions, as well as Peggy Sullivan, who's an author, as well as has done some research, a lot of research, it sounds like, on finding happiness. She's the author of a book that talks about, you know, making yourself, looking for the happiness within. And... Uh, Peggy, I'm sure I mangled the title of your book. Why don't you give everyone the title of your latest book again? It's called Happiness is Your Responsibility, and it's a really fun coffee table book that talks about the art and the science of happiness and how you can ignite yours. Simple, easy ways to just add more joy and happiness into your life. 
So let's talk about this because you talked about it at the at the beginning of when we were discussing this. Uh, do do you think that people who are looking at themselves as too busy and packing too much in are doing it just for the sake of staying busy? Do you think that they're doing it and 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 thinking, well, I'm busy, so I don't have any room to to think about my feelings? There are two reasons that people are predominantly um, busy, and my research really. Um, confirms this. And number one is um, we're just choosing a lot of low quality interactions versus high quality interactions. We do a lot of things just because, not because they're strategic, not because they add value, but we, we just do them. We spend time with friends. We work on projects, whatever it may be. But the one of the biggest reasons that um, busyness is so prevalent is it's a status symbol. And, you know, interestingly enough, I did some market research um, and I asked a couple thousand people how they were. And I am so busy and I am busy was the number one answer of 94% of the individuals. So wow. we are obsessed. We think being busy is the key to life and the key to happiness, but research shows that people that are over-the-top busy are not happy. As a matter of fact, 60% of them are just doing okay or have feelings of unhappiness. So, you know, it's really important to take a step back and to um, Stop doing some of the things that are keeping you over the top um, busy. Multitasking is definitely one of them. You know, multitasking is a strategy for everybody, but there's really no value. It takes us 2.5 times as long, and we make three times as many mistakes. It, it just, you know, what we're doing to ourselves makes no sense. We need to start to make better choices with things and people that add value in our lives. Only we can control those decisions. So I have an aunt that would definitely subscribe to what you're uh, saying and, and, and these dictates. But she often mentions to me, you know, slow down, you're doing too much, you're packing too much in. I'm not saying it falls on deaf ears, but it's kind of hard to uh, turn off that internal voice that's saying, no, you got this, you can do this, you can fit this in. How do you, what advice do you give in your book for how to break that habit if, you, if, if people are thinking, come around to thinking that it's, uh, it's destroying my happiness, it's definitely not enhancing my happiness? Yeah, just quick tips. Number one is develop some happiness rituals. You know, four or five things that you do throughout your day that you do just because they make you happy. Um, every day when I go into my office, I light a cinnamon spice candle and I take a deep breath. And it's such a small thing and such an easy thing, but it reminds me of the cookies my mom used to bake. And so I tell people to identify a couple of happiness rituals. And the other thing is it's so important to also determine what your non-negotiables are. 
Self-care has to be a non-negotiable. For me, eating well, exercising, doing the things that give me energy are non-negotiable. So instead of looking at all these things I want to pack into my schedule, I think about it in terms of what are my non-negotiables? What are my critical few? And then, you know, my my dad, I talked about my mom. My dad on his deathbed, um, and he lived a really well-lived life, I asked him if he had one word of advice, and he said to me, Toots, you know, I, I, I wish I started to incorporate my non-negotiables into my life earlier. They added so much joy, so much wonder, so much satisfaction. So, you know, determining your happiness rituals and integrating your non-negotiables, to me, are two things you can do that will have immediate impact. And, and you have based, uh, you know, some of these uh, bits of advice strategies on, on real life research with real life people who are describing uh, uh, lives that sound very hectic, very busy, but not satisfactory, it sounds like. Yeah, I mean, right now, I'm almost done um, with a book, and I'm not sure whether we're going to call it busy is a four letter word or we're going to call it busyness is bad, but I've worked with a lot of people to develop a tried and true process to get off the treadmill and to get some quality back in your life. Um, it is doable. It is possible. And busyness is destroying us, our relationships, our health, everything in life, and we just need to make the decision to stop. And through a try true process, it is very possible. The people that I've been working with, their quality of life has gone up tremendously. And, and that's what it's all about, right? We're here on earth, not to do great at work or to have a great career, but to have quality of life and to add value and to be valued. And that's the important stuff. I always tell people, focus on the good stuff. Oh, great words there. Uh, Peggy Sullivan is the founder of the She Can Network, uh, and you can find out more about it by going to theshecannetwork.com. She's the author of a book entitled Happiness is Your Responsibility. She's also invested in looking into the rise in busyness, and she's got a book that's on the way whose working title is Busy is a Four-Letter Word. So when we come back, we're going to be rejoining Rick Burr who's going to be talking to us about uh, some of these messages and how they land for teenagers and youngsters and, and the younger people in your life. That and more when the extra continues. We're back with our final segment here on The Extra as we're talking about alleviating the blues of the winter months, uh, specifically uh, tying it to Blue Monday, the third Monday in January, which uh, some say might be the bluest day of the year for the most people. Uh, whether that's scientific or not, not quite sure, but definitely you do have a combination of you know coming off the highs of the holidays and 
uh, the winter, colder, darker days uh, because we're dealing with, you know, snowstorms outside, colder temperatures outside. And uh, for some people, you know, there is the financial pressure after having spent so much over the holidays dealing with the reality of that as well. Um, I'm bringing into the conversation Rick Burt. We were talking to him at the top of the hour. Uh, he is with the organization SAD, Students Against Destructive Decisions. Uh, and, and Rick, when you heard some of the uh, comments by Peggy, uh, the author, uh, did any of that land for you? Do you think that um, can be applied for uh, younger uh, people who are still trying to maybe find their place in the world? Yeah, absolutely. Peggy hit the nail on the head on several points. You know, finding those those daily rituals, those moments of happiness in our everyday lives are something we talk about with young people every day. We are habits, or we're creatures of habit, rather. We thrive when we are able to, to have a routine that can uh, provide us some stability and some, some elements of consistency. And so I think for young people especially, finding those moments to, to really preserve self-care. You know, we talk about uh, whether that's going for a walk, I know that's tough during these winter months, or journaling, finding uh, an, a way to express yourself through art or uh, whatever it may be. On our website, SADD.org, we have a whole list of opportunities for how parents and teens can not only start the conversation around mental health, but can also really focus on uh, creating that space for self-care, what that can look like for young people, and how you as a family can actually focus on self-care this season to to make that a priority. As we are, you know, uh, not looking forward to any holidays, really. I mean, I don't know if you can call President's Day, you know, a holiday that people celebrate, rah, rah. But um, uh, it, it, it definitely is, uh, you know, something where, you know, what do you tell youngsters? Because they are so focused on what the next thing is. So, you know, is this a time when they are struggling with, you know, finding ways to uh, keep their spirits high? Yeah, I mean, I think especially for our, our juniors and seniors who are focused on that, those next steps, it can be incredibly stressful. You've got uh, challenges in finishing those college applications. Uh, you've got challenges in trying to, again, form to the mold of what uh, society is telling you. You have to have it figured out. Uh, I can tell you, you know, I'm, I'm in my mid-30s, and I'm still trying to figure it out, right? Uh, so I think there's this perception among young people that, you have to have the plan and you have to execute the plan and that pressure is, is so unnecessary. So we try, we talk uh, quite oftentimes about taking that next best step for yourself. Sometimes, uh, you know, that's making sure that your next meal is, is healthy and yet you're uh, eating a balanced diet. Sometimes that's, you know, doing the meditation or taking some deep breaths. Sometimes uh, that's saying, hey, you know what, uh, as, as Peggy well said, uh, my schedule is a little bit packed. I need to maybe be a little bit more strategic with how I spend my time. Uh, young people, especially sad students, are the, the ones involved in everything. So protecting and preserving that quality time to, to make sure that you're taking care of you, absolutely critical. Uh, and our mental health toolkit talks about that in great detail, especially for parents, on how they can create a culture and create a, a household where that mental health is preserved. Uh, oftentimes, parents forget that they're the role models. They're the ones who are setting the tone. And so when parents overschedule themselves, when parents uh, you know, forego self-care and the, 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 the namesake of this hustle culture that we're in, it really sets a precedent for young people to try to emulate and try to follow. 
so important that the whole family is talking about these things, setting healthy boundaries and, and expectations, uh, and then working together to hold each other accountable and keep the conversation going. I think uh, the messages that you uh, just delivered there, Rick, are so powerful, so impactful. And I really hope some of our listeners do check out some of those toolkits that you have. Again, the website, sad, and it's spelled S-A-D-D dot org. Uh, Rick, we're wrapping up with our final minutes here. What would you like the listeners to take away in, in your final 60 seconds here on The Extra? Yeah, I think the the message is use this opportunity, use this season to find balance, to set those expectations around mental health, to to check in with your young person, to move beyond the, hey, are you okay, yes or no questions, and use our resources to really form a a bond around the conversation of self-care and uh, setting expectations around uh, making sure that mental health is just as prevalent in in the, the household conversations as physical health is. Thank you, Rick Burt with SAD, the organization, and Peggy Sullivan, uh, the author, uh, who's also done research on happiness. And you can find out more about Peggy's work at PeggySullivanSpeaker.com. But Peggy, what would you like our audience to take away from uh, some of the strategies and messages that you had for us in this final 60 seconds of the extra? I think that it, it, there is a real opportunity for all of us to take control back of our lives, to have more meaningful, rich, richer, more satisfying lives. And I've got a lot of tools for that if people are interested in learning how um, it works. And we've lived in a world where we've lost control of a lot of things, and it's really time that we take back control of our lives, our happiness, our values, all the good stuff. I deserve the good stuff, and I think everybody out there deserves it, too. Yeah, more is not always better, right? Well, to my guests today, Rick Burt and Peggy Sullivan, just thank you so much uh, for helping uh, to uh, give us some uh, real strategies and insight into what can be a difficult topic to discuss. We're talking about mental health. Thank you both. You're quite welcome. Thanks for having us. You've been listening to The Extra here on KRDO News Radio.